0: For what?
1: We can be drunk in the comfort of our own health.
0: No, that's (laughs) not, that doesn't make it any better. Doesn't work? No. So what are we talking about tonight?
1: Why we didn't publish the second podcast.
0: Why didn't we publish the second podcast?
1: You know the answer to that question, because you're the one that reviewed the podcast. In the first
0: place, uh, okay, it
1: said that it was crap.
0: Well, it was super quiet and you were super low energy because were,
1: I was sick because
0: you're sick and you weren't yeah. talking about yourself.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel uncomfortable when people give me compliments or want to know about my life, which is probably a problem. Uh,
0: actually, it sounds like two problems, but uh,
1: well, no, not when I want to know about <coughs> my life because I feel like. That's nice. Like, oh, like I was talking to Carly today at work because her mom, uh, when we went to the play, her mom was asking me all these questions and really wanted to get to know me. And I was like, wow, this is so refreshing. Like, somebody that doesn't just want to talk about themselves the whole time
0: or <laughs> questions for the purpose of it wrapping around to something that relates to their life that they can talk about. Wow. A lot, a, lot of,
1: pretty much everybody.
0: a lot of pent-up frustration there.
1: Well, that's like everybody. So I was telling Carly it because Carly <laughs> told me today, she's like, my mom said that you were the most wonderful person that she's ever met. And I was like, okay, that's a lot of pressure. And then...
0: Pressure. It's a compliment, not a not a request.
1: I don't know. It just felt like a lot of pressure. People. So well, it felt like a lot of pressure, and I was like, "Okay, um, great." I was like, "Well, it was very refreshing to be asked questions, so many questions versus just being asked questions in order to prompt their response, so that they can talk about themselves." And I said, I said, your mom is very selfless, and she actually has a genuine curiosity, which is quite refreshing in uh, this world."
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I had this, uh, so this morning I was walking around, and are you gonna put your phone down, lady?
1: We're not starting yet.
0: Wanna bet? We've been recording. What? That's how we do this.
1: Why do you do, you just press record to surprise me? Surprise. Babe, I wanted to pray at the beginning of every
0: episode. Okay, we'll get there. Put your phone down, babe.
1: I am reviewing applicants. (laughs)
0: So this morning, speaking of <clears throat> trying to not be selfish, okay, so I did two non-selfish things today, I feel Like <laughs> I feel like I need to brag about this.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's like the exact opposite of what you do when you're trying to do something not selfish is brag about it.
0: I know, but it's so unlike me that I feel like we need to talk because about it. Because
1: you're so selfish.
0: I'm just, it's not that I'm selfish. I'm just so unaware. Selfish. I mean, a bit, but I feel like it's mostly rooted in just not thinking about others. It's more of like an absence of concern rather than like an obsession with my own everything. Yeah,
1: I don't
0: know. I didn't say it's better. I'm just being more technical. Anyway.
1: My mom's calling me, too. No.
0: Nope. <laughs> so this morning I was walking around because I had that late job today and I was praying. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is going on right now, Lord? You have such a weird situation with both of our jobs and just everything we're in a weird place and so I just thought well, why don't I just walk around and pray and so I go around the corner and the guy who owns that red truck that I kind of wanted I was walking out of his house and I could tell he didn't recognize me so I just yelled at him and I said what? yeah yeah why not because I, I I knocked on his door once before I said hi are thanks. you talking
1: about in our neighborhood? yeah yeah it's like oh. right, right
0: around the corner and so I had knocked on his door a couple months ago and said, Hey, what's up? What's up with the trucks that truck? Is it for sale? And he said, No, it's not for sale. I said, okay, No next day. And so I, I was walking, he, as he was coming out of his house, I said, Hey, did you fix that transmission yet? or something like that. And he just like jumped and was completely startled. Oh my said, gosh. Let me know when you're ready to sell it. And he goes, oh, like You could tell he's thinking really hard. And he's totally cut off guard. And it kind of felt a little bad, but it was funny. So, anyway. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, no, it's not for sale. So, walk around. We're both kind of doing a weird morning walk. I'm, I'm walking, there's a bunch of old, random old men walking, you know, just to try to keep their, I don't know, colon clean or, or something. Or Sure, whatever old people do. And, um, um, so I ran into him again, and <clears throat> I had this thought that was like, oh, here's this awkward interaction again. It's like, look, dude, you know, selfishly, I'm thinking, I only really want to talk to you if you're going to sell me that truck, but... You know, I saw him, and kind of, like, felt like he had stopped. Wow, are you going to kick my microphone?
1: Yeah, because you were fading in and out, because it's not angled perfectly. No,
0: it's because I keep turning my head in and out.
1: Yeah, but you have to be angled at the line part, not the part. Thank you, Sydney. You're don't, welcome, viewers.
0: Don't kick Oh, wait,
1: viewers? Listeners. You're not supposed to say that I kicked the microphone. I was just helping you.
0: I just said, you kicked the microphone.
1: That's what happened. Accept it and move on. This is
0: a great podcast. (laughs) So I saw the guy and he kind of like stopped. We were like at the same corner. It was one of those awkward, like, oh, hey, just said bye. But here you are kind of things. So he started talking and um, he's like, hey, by the way, you know, I'm so-and-so. I said, hey, I'm so-and-so. And we started talking about the truck a little bit. And then we kind of got off topic. I want to know more about the truck. And he's t- talking about how, well, you know, I'm just emotionally attached I'm not ready to sell emotionally. And so I could tell what I could tell what he's doing, which is he's approaching the idea of selling it and realizing it's just not re- reasonable to keep it. And his wife wants to sell it and everything. And so I can tell him I'm sort of like... What
1: is it with all these guys with all this stuff and their wives are like, get rid of
0: it. That's normal, honey. That's like, if there, if you have a guy who's into, like, mechanical things, you know, cars, trucks, boats, guns um has some kind of like supermanly hobby or something like that. All you always are like, oh cool, another project. And then obviously we live in our garage. I think it's pretty pretty obvious I've suffered from that pretty heavily. It's very hard for me not to. Um <clears throat> slash our shed as well inside of our house. So anyway, okay. It's a little bit of a problem. But
1: apparently I'm just blind to the
0: well so we were talking and, and he was kind of rambling on about the truck which I wanted to hear about. And then he kind of switched gears and talking about his life situation with his um, grand, no, his daughter and their grandkids and how he's kind of frustrated about it. And, you know, because the, the daughter moving across the street and they're kind of ending up having to babysit more and more. And he's like frustrated and he's just going around about all this then telling about how he was a business professor or whatever. And basically at this point I'm like, I don't care. I'm <laughs> just like thinking, yeah, wrap it up, but I got it. this is not the part of the conversation. Wow. Okay, don't don't do that so loud babe. But I'm uh, just telling you, that was my initial thought. And then I stopped for a second a sec- immediately after I thought to myself, You got time, just be nice to this guy. And it's like you might give, you might end up getting a better deal on this truck if you just be nice to him. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, you know, a lot of successful people are just really nice, you really know, friendly. And I'm like, I could stand to be a little nicer and more friendly, and, you know, consider it. So I just like chose to keep asking questions about life and you know, we kind of philosophized about you why... Philosophized? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, or some word like that about why we have the societal problems we do now as opposed to whatever. But How old is this man? Oh, he's old. He's old. Like He looks good for his age, but put it this way. I think his his granddaughter just graduated college. So, so it looks like, like Santa. It looks like a short Santa. So
1: like in his, like, 60s, Oh, in he's, he's,
0: he's got to be mid... Mid- late 70s. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, so you know, I just realized I wanted to hear the stupid cat.
1: Yeah, I wish she would uh, we decided to let the cat into the office because she now meowed at the do- door, but you now she's just meowing in here, so
0: I feel like we're gonna have to throw him in the bathroom for the duration of the podcast.
1: No, those listeners don't want to know we did that. Right?
0: Okay, well, we'll delete that part. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I was talking She's to him. She's doing fine now. So I was talking to him, and by the end of it, he seemed like really happy to just have a conversation with another guy. I can tell his life revolves yeah, around Because
1: I feel like probably old people in general, let alone like some guy like that who's working on his transmission, who enjoys mechanical things, he mm-hmm. probably is like surrounded by his wife and granddaughters right. and daughters and whatever, and he's just like, oh, hey, there's a the guy that I can like talk to about voters and stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think it was more he he liked talking about society. The book said I had a lot of opinions about that. Right. But he was looking at it purely from an economic position. And I said, well, it's more than that. Probably
1: because but he doesn't meet many twenty-somethings that voted for Trump.
0: Yeah, you can't say that on the podcast. Why? Because then it will get and people freak out on us. Why
1: would they freak out?
0: Because Trump is Hitler. You know that.
1: Well he hasn't made some of the greatest decisions,
0: but Yeah, but people are losing their minds. He's all more right.
1: conservative than
0: No, but you don't radio. you don't understand. Trump is Hitler and we all have to hate him we all have to take a big dump on anybody who supports him. That's the way things are now. Okay, well I I envy the the bubble that you live in of political gravity. Anyways, so the moral of the story is I talked to this guy for a solid like 25 minutes. We're just standing on the corner of the sidewalk just talking and he's a good guy, but it was like, it was interesting because I could sense a lot of his frustration. One of the things that he had said, that I feel like was very revealing, which might actually be relevant to this podcast is, um, he said, you know, I put in all this work and I married a widow with three kids and I, I worked hard for whatever, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so that we could retire well. And they've gotten plenty of my money, you know, and this isn't how I manage retirement. You know, I'm sitting here taking care of these little kids all the time because my daughter can't afford and my daughter and her husband or boyfriend or whatever can't afford for one of them to stay home and we end up being the daycare and, and he, you could tell he's very very much like oh no like this is not the life that I worked hard for sacrificed hard for and I was kind of thinking Aww. like yeah and I was kind of feeling like, so
1: bad for this yeah guys. yeah
0: he, he was not too happy about it and I was kind of like a lot of thoughts hit me at once but one of them was you know definitely this idea of retirement is like, you can't, you can't
1: think on that.
0: Oh no. If, if you're the kind of person, like, I think my stepdad is like this, he, he's really good at just like chugging along every day for, you know, a few decades <laughs> at the same job and just keep, you know, dreaming about retirement, talking about retirement, pension, all this stuff. I'm just thinking what happens after, you know, when you're like all these other old guys I meet six months into retirement, they're about to ready to blow their brains out because it's not what they thought it was, or they're miserable or they're bored, or it's not satisfying and i could tell this guy was in the midst of realizing not only is it not satisfying but all of a sudden he has more responsibility than he did 20 years ago having to deal with these kids but he's now he's an old man with no energy right and i was just kind of thinking like that's a good little reminder for me that you know as we talk about career stuff and i'm you know looking at career stuff um i have to ask myself what do i really envision like what do i really want and um you know how do i set myself up to not be Really disappointed when things don't go exactly, and I and it's funny because he was a business professor, and I said, well, you know, you chose a lifestyle that was very responsible. You know, you married a woman, you stayed with that one woman, you worked a a stable job, you put in you put in your dues, and and I said you you had a low a low risk choice that you made. But anytime you get involved in a relationship of any sort, there's always a risk. There's always some exposure. You know, just trying to use business language, if you understand. He wasn't having it (laughs) though. He wasn't. He wasn't like, oh, good insight. He was like, yeah, I'm still frustrated. And so, anyways, you know, I'm sure I'll write into him again, and maybe we can chat some more, and I can check in with him. But I can tell he's sort of like the wife saying, you're not allowed to spend any more on on this stupid truck. He said. And he said, well, don't worry, it's not our money, it's mine. So you know, like, damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kinda Drop had, the mic. He kind of had that attitude with her, so I can tell he's not in the best of, the best of spirits about it. Right. But.
1: Well, it could probably do with having a
0: confidant in you. Mm, I don't know, because I sort of I sort of challenged several things several statements that he made and I don't think he was ready to defend his position on a few things. But right. but I kept it, you know, pretty pretty mild. And then later today, I was coming home, which you're not going to get thrilled about, but I was just like craving something sweet. And I'm like, Okay, don't go crazy. Mm-hmm. Just get a little something. Is
1: just not get,
0: giant of it's not that giant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, okay. um, it was a new
0: flavor. So I walk into CVS, trying try to just grab something not too big, and so if it's,
1: giant it's not that big. <laughs>
0: okay, listen. So I'm walking up to the checkout, and the typical CVS checkout employee is ba- your basic weirdo. And <laughs> there's this guy, which, That's nice. well, he was younger, so I was kind of like, all right, it's probably, you know first job or second job or something so it's pretty pretty standard and he says you know it's was kind of making small talk like man I didn't even know they made these and I said yeah me neither it's some new flavor and he goes oh, man I wonder if they're good and I said let's find out together and so I just ripped it open dumped a few in his hand and I said try it you know and it like you could totally tell it just made his day because everybody probably people like me treats
1: like totally
0: throat. like you just totally <laughs> ignore him and I don't know, I just kinda of had the sense and maybe it was because I was just bonding to the thing. Let's
1: that, find out together. I know. It wasn't that much. Mike opens bag, spills out the sour patch, and then we eat some and it tastes good.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the exact soundtrack as I narrated it. And I handed him, you know, a couple and I had some and was like, they're pretty good. And he goes, Okay, and it was sort of like super anticlimactic. And it's like, oh okay. Well, it just tastes like candy. <laughs> And I was like, "Cool, all right, man. Have a good, day. you know." And he typical, well, whatever, greeting. So,
1: uh, <laughs> typical. I just gave a guy at the CVS sour patch kid. Okay, and that part. And we cool. had an experience
0: together. But afterward, but afterward, it was like, yeah, okay, well, nice day, whatever. And I was, I was walking out, and I'm thinking that might be one of the most considered things I've done in quite some time. I've had a few of those moments recently, just in random interactions with store people because I go in and out of stores all the time for work and uh I was just thinking I think something's changing in me I don't know if it's like a mood thing just kind of as of late but I don't know I'm just happier I feel like it's like okay this must be a sign that I'm happier about something but I know I'm also super stressed out about dirt bike stuff and some some trouble at work and um with hotbox and everything the company that I'm starting And, uh, it's like, so I know it's not like, well,
1: I feel like you seem a lot more patient and like compassionate or considerate of other people, maybe like what they're going through or whatever. Like, I feel like in the past, some things would have made you upset or, or react more quickly where I would have to go hey wait a minute that's rude or that's not nice or whatever Uh, and I feel like lately I don't know if you've been more present in like the moment that you're in or what but it seems like I've had to like remind you less of things to do and like it seems like you've been more thoughtful and kind of thinking forward of like what do I need to do how is this gonna make this person feel and like caring more about it than just like Well, who cares? I'm just gonna say whatever I want. And you know, let that person fly. Um yeah. So I don't really know what it is, but yeah, I see it.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I think the two things are, you know, I had a a good race, you know, two two weekends ago. I felt really good on the dirt bike and um it was really fun. It was just really really you fun like for me. Races, dirt bike? I do. That's why my Instagram is bike mike259. Be careful follow. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I had a good race, and that was fun. I haven't raced in a long time, and I'm excited for this next weekend, even though I don't have a bike to ride because it blew all of them up, which is insane. Three broken motorcycles right now. You're gonna work on it. Hashtag hey Honda Dirt Bike Life. Honda wanna sponsor me? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> so
1: good try. there's For that, zero well, well, I
0: think, yes, exactly. Um, I think that, um, honestly, just like things with you have been so much better. And, you know, I think there's a lot of times when I was telling you, babe, this is really not good. The way things are going not good. I don't know that you were necessarily taking me quite as seriously as I meant, mm-hmm. as I was hoping you would, but, you know, I think we're coming out of a weird season where I was legitimately thinking thoughts I've never thought before. And then I thought we're like off limits as far as like, man, can this this marriage actually survive? Because if this is how it's going to be for 40 more years, I don't see myself having the willpower to get through this or her possibly. And I think that I was just really in a dark spot with that. of Like we're trying to. crazy.
1: I don't know. I just feel like I've gone through a, way more suffering being married to you than you have to me. <laughs> oh, really? And I don't even think like that. Really? hmm
0: Well, I'm not going to say you haven't been through a lot, but I think that a lot of times I don't know how to tell you things and a lot of times I feel like in the maybe past... I kind of want to put the mic up to it, but I probably should. Um, Yeah, I I think that I try to not bring negative things to you all the time because you respond very negatively. But inside, I was thinking, this is really, really bad. And I really, like the person I love and I want to spend my life with, it's like making me crazy, making me so upset and so disappointed and frustrated and all these things. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do
1: we've also got to counseling, so that's probably
0: helped. that's probably the main thing as the counseling and then the books that we've been reading. Um she's fantastic. We should go again. I shouldn't call so much. But um yeah, honestly, I think that that's made such a big difference in my life because
1: if you're
0: in the case, looking for a counselor. Hmm. Yes, contact us, we'll be happy to connect you. Um I think that's been the biggest thing because when I just don't feel like i'm being harassed and nagged and criticized like every eight seconds i feel so much freer and i feel so much happier i just feel so much more just like joy and optimism about the future and so Mm -hmm. you know it's for a while i think
1: too it's helped i think it's helped both of us actually go into counseling it's funny because i um have been going to counseling since about September of 2018 and it's February 2019 now and uh, Mike joined back in like November or December and then she knew it, she was like yeah, maybe just keep coming back <laughs> and so it kind of oh, yeah. turned into couples counseling after that but um,
0: Well, I kind of always knew it was going to be at least some couples counseling
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like, and you've told, you've told me this too, like the thing that frustrates you so much is sometimes you feel like you know I don't really hear how they reveal something is to you and then it's like no this is really serious this is really affecting me tremendously and I feel like I'm not paying attention and right. so I think having the counselor, the third party to be able to to almost validate your claims of like yeah this isn't okay that what she's doing or, for me, the
0: that's,
1: same so thing, huge. that's so huge. Yeah, for me, I feel like the same thing just to talk to somebody and be able to vent, know, knowing that they're not, knowing that they're a professional to understand and be able to comprehend and be able to ask good questions but also to be able to let me know, yeah, you know, that wasn't cool or this isn't right or whatever because it almost, you almost start to think like, am I crazy? Oh, like,
0: totally.
1: Is it just totally. me? Like, you really,
0: you, it, the most sane and healthy person still needs some kind of referee outside of their own head to be able to say, that was inbounds, that was out bounds. You're right to feel this way. You're not necessarily right to feel that way. Or the fact that you feel that way, you know, reveals that there's something else happening inside of you right. or, you know, your response isn't fair, isn't measured or isn't reasonable. So. Yeah. So
1: I think just having that person in your corner to be like, yes or no or maybe consider this or asking a question or something that just takes you to the next level versus just playing the scene over and over in your head of, of, you know, who did what and was Mm -hmm. was it okay or not or whatever. Um, So I think we both found, you know, an advocate in our counselor. I think uh, it's definitely important to find somebody that is willing to have a strategic guide and not be too
0: you know, on one side or the other? Yeah, and uh, it's funny because it's sort of, it, it's a big relief just in that we communicate a lot better now and we're not fighting and bickering the way we were and sort of tearing each other down. But also it shows me how much it was weighing on me and, um, you know, it was even coming out in other areas of life especially with, you know, how i interact online sometimes, and so I think just sort of a general frustration and nihilism was kind of, like, creeping up in me, and, and it was like, oh, you want me to be nice? Like, get the hell out of here. Like, this is, this is nuts. I'm dealing with so much else. And the last thing I, I give a crap about is whether or not you want to be my friend, and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I think that freed me up to kind of want to have the best version of my life in, in all areas, so glad we did that.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you think was um the biggest, what are some of the biggest takeaways from the communication book um, that we've been reading? Because I think that that probably, that might have been the single biggest thing for us.
1: So, what is the book called? Uh, it's like Ten Two, Lessons for Every Marriage? Something like that. Something like that. By the
0: Gottman Foundation?
1: Gottman. Is it Gottman or Gottman? Oh,
0: Institute. No idea. Okay. No idea. The mystery book. that (laughs) Nobody can now look up or look into.
1: I'll make sure to put it in the notes for this podcast.
0: Assuming that the audio quality isn't garbage on this one, too, we can actually use this podcast.
1: Great. I hope so, because otherwise I've wasted another hour.
0: Actually, it's like 25 minutes.
1: I've wasted another 25 minutes. We'll get into my book on time. Oh, yes. So later. It's so, um, so for me, the book was really important to kind of go through the um, concept of complaining without criticism because I feel like that is really hard as a wife to and a woman in general I feel like women tend to have so much more of an eye for like organization and design and and systems and processes like as far as when it comes to things in the house um and it becomes very hard when, you know, you're work you're working full time and you still have these standards for how you want your house to be kept, but you don't necessarily have the time to keep it, and you don't necessarily have the resources to be able to hire somebody else to come in and do it. I know that we we've tried that a couple times, and it was really nice to have it to have it done, but there's still the aspect of maintaining everything on the day-to-day that needs to be taken care of. So. It became really tough for me to come home from a long day of work and look around at the house and, you know, question how has my husband been home since two o'clock in the afternoon and all the stuff isn't done, you know, and I just came home from being gone since, you know, six or seven in the morning and I'm not home until like five or six at night. And I just want to be able to relax and you know there's still all this stuff to be done. Not all the times, you know, a lot of times. Um he's been better about you've been better. Hi, you're here. here, thank you. Uh you've been better about, you know, taking care of the the things on your list and everything. Um and I think that was a big thing that helped was just creating that, you know, honey-do list of like, hey, every day. I need you to do, I need you to do these like four or five smaller things that do make a big impact on the day-to-day life. Um, and you've been pretty good about doing that, but there were some days that I come home and, you know, it hadn't been done and whatever the reason it could have been that you're working in the garage or you just got distracted or, um, other things came up and, but it didn't really matter to me because to me it was like, this is what we agreed to and it's not done. It's stressing me out. And now I feel like I have to do it and blah, blah, blah. So it started to become that kind of routine that we got into of me doing that. And instead of coming home and and complaining in a good way, which may not, not, what you mean, they give you examples in the book of like harmful complaining versus helpful complaining. Helpful complaining, um, is like addressing it at the proper time and the person can actually listen to what you're saying not that they're like in the middle of a project and you come in and interrupt everything and go hey you need to listen to me right now because I'm pissed and and then also not um, just because you're let down or you're disappointed doesn't give you the right to be able to tear down someone's character of like Mm. you're lazy
0: that's a good insight
1: Yeah, you're lazy you're stupid you whatever those kind of character calls of of you know even though that might be what you're feeling in the moment of frustration that you're like how do you not understand xyz like it is so clear and I've said it over and over again and it's like what is not getting through and it becomes so frustrating um because you just want it to be done, and you want to trust this person to do what they, they say that they're going to do, to maybe go above and beyond what their list is, you know, every once in a while to, to do something a little bit extra, and, um, you know, it's a valid disappointment that you might have, but it's not okay to take that to the next level of, of then destroying this person's character, because you're upset, or you're disappointed, or the things that this person committed to like weren't done and I think that the shoe like goes on the other foot for Mike it's more my um tardiness and like not being on time to the time commitments that I say you know and it's like hey you're gonna be what time you're gonna be home or blah 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 like because he wants to make plans and and uh figure things out and when I'm not on time you know that's kind of his version of, like, the clean house for me is, like, you know, she told me this, she's not doing that, and then it starts to become, like, a character evaluation of, like, this person's not dependable, this person doesn't care about how I feel, this person doesn't prioritize me over all these other things, like, and, and it starts to become, like, that person, if you don't address it early on, I think it just starts to, that, that person that you love and that you're supposed to trust and believe in, you start to believe that they're your enemy, you know, that they're like not, they can't be trusted. And I think that that starts like a dangerous slippery slope.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think. Um...
1: Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Ryan?
0: i got to figure something out about these cats. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Come here. Dude, it's so loud. He's so loud. He just, he just
1: wants his pets.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he wants a lot of things. It's like, it's like a terrorist. It's like the so-
1: cat kingdom now.
0: She, Sydney has a cat laying on her lap, and now one who's on top of the chair above her head, and she's doing a weird motion where she's being able to pet both at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Um, yeah, I think that what you said is all true. And, um, I think that the, the danger is not like, is this person going to let me down for sure? They're going to let you down. And whatever the thing is that they particularly suck at, no matter who you marry, I think of my parents, I think of my aunts and uncles. I think of my friends, like my, my cousins, those who are married, of course, they all have something about them or their spouse has something about them that just like drives the other nuts. That's legitimately, you know, really frustrating to be married to a person like that. And I see mm-hmm. that the difference is um, you know, it's not, is this person gonna keep frustrating me for a long time with this thing? Yeah, probably. It's am I gonna let it become a thing? Sydney, I can hear you licking the cat's face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah, well, thanks so weird yeah. The question is, are you going to let your frustration decide the kind of character? the person's going to have and, and so when, like once that person becomes your enemy in your mind then all things are political. like I said about Donald Trump it's like that's what they got in this stupid Facebook argument about which I swore I was above it and I swore <laughs> um, I was yeah. done I swore those days were behind me but apparently they're not but somebody posted a meme about how everybody is just gets told what to believe and they just accept the opinion by the by the, you know, may, by the media or by whoever they follow and they don't think for themselves. And I, and I typed on the um, underneath, for example, orange man, bad, you know, not that hey I'm no, I'm no Trump apologist, but it, uh, I felt that that was a pretty obvious example of like, because Trump has said and done so many things that are either stupid, embarrassing, ignorant, outright wrong, or just annoying. Mm-hmm. It's like now he can do no Right. And everything he does, no matter what, we have to hate. And um, it's tough because now it's it's such a case. Please put your phone down, Sydney. It's such a case of the boy who cried wolf mm-hmm. that it's like, look, dude, when we when we blow everything that that person does out of the water, like when we assume evil in all things, it's going to be hard to see when that person actually does evil. Okay, I'm talking more about Trump now. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I have lots of rants about this. But, um, but how that relates to marriage is kind of like, that person can never get any momentum and can never get any love from you when you've made the decision or you've made the transition in your head that they're unreliable, they're not worthy, they're, they're not respectable, they're not honorable, they are not dependable, they're not whatever. There's some horrible thing. Um, and when like that, that track just replays over and over and over in your head, and then every time there's ever an infraction, then all of the wrongs that have ever been done for you know years prior all come up and then all of that, every single wound ever made before in that same type all get reopened at the same time. And so you end up reacting right. much more strongly to a small thing, you know, and because you're, you're bringing all the pain from all the, in, the infractions because you've never worked to forgive those things or to move past them. And that person feels so crushed and feels like it's impossible for them to ever dig out of that hole. And so... Um, you know, I felt like, felt like Sydney was doing that a bit to me. Um, but in some ways I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. I I screw a lot of things up. And so, but it wasn't really getting us anywhere good. And I feel like I was doing that to her for sure. And I still can say that it's a challenge for me to try to give her new grace every day and and to give her a a truly a a blank page every day. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really not good at that. And, um, but I can see how being being the recipient of, of another version of that it's how unhelpful it is and how destructive it is. And so um, you know, I, I'm working to try to be better about that and try to believe in you every day and say, okay, cool, you know, you made a new promise today, you made a new commitment today, so we're gonna go off of that. And I'm gonna try not to say, oh, you're gonna be home with six. Yeah, we'll see about that, or mm-hmm. I'm not try not to bring that attitude with and just try to encourage you because I know you're working on it. It's not like that's the other thing, is because I see how hard Sydney's working on it. I have to be fully behind her in it. And fully behind her means not doubting her. If she was like, whatever, you need to get over it. Or what are you talking about? I've never been late in my life. Well, that's a different conversation. Then we would still be in the phase of like. i um, so then,
1: you'd be rolling <laughs> me into the mental institution.
0: Yeah. So I don't know about that, but, but you know That was the thing I kind of want to specify because I'm just trying to think, like, what are the stupid counter what are the counter examples people are gonna put in the comments? Yeah, but what about in this situation? Can't always whatever. And I'm just thinking, like, no, no, no. That's not like a hard and fast always rule. That's just like in this case with Sydney, because I see how hard she's working on it, she's it seriously, and she feels disappointed when she is late, and it's like there's remorse there. Part of me is like, hey, how many times do you have to be disappointed yourself to change? And then, of course, I'm like, yeah, I want to take like you could ask that question to yourself. I'm like,
1: look at me. Buddy,
0: yeah, true that so,
1: but also as far as the weight thing, I feel like it really took me. Um,
0: you've kind of had an epiphany,
1: recently because I think that we are so different, which has been really good and beneficial, I believe, in most ways because it's allowed us to help each other grow in the areas that. We're weak, and I think that that's ideal for any human relationship, whether it be an intimate relationship with a spouse or just a friendship. You you don't want to be, you don't want to ever be stagnant, and in a relationship with somebody that is either going to bring you down, like notches to a previous version of yourself, or um, somebody that isn't interested in helping you grow to be a better person. So I think that us being opposite, you know, is really valuable, but it's also been really hard because and we've run into this, I mean, time and time again, even though we already went through all this in pre-mural counseling just fix everything. We know each other's love languages and each other's personality types. It is and... funny because I
0: feel like we did way more work than those people, I'm still totally were missing some major keys to, right. <laughs> to success. Or
1: it's like At the end of the day, I mean, it really doesn't matter how much you know or how many books that you read, if it doesn't reach you at, like, a heart and soul level of, like, where you really go, I care about this. Because if it's just, oh, that's interesting, or I'm going to make a note of that, then... A note that you'll never read. Right. Or, like, I'm going to journal about it, and then you never read that. (laughs) And... And then that's where it ends versus Are
0: you saying Christian people do that?
1: Yeah, I've done it. Everyone's done it. Um, and but if it doesn't really reach like to the heart of heart to the deepest part of your soul, it doesn't really matter how much you know, how many script how many scriptures you've memorized, how much. I mean that's like the Pharisees, right? In the Bible. It's like they they knew everything there is to know about God. But they didn't know God because it hadn't reached their heart of hearts. It hadn't cut them to the soul where they had a relationship that was living with God. It was all in their head. So I think that because Mike and I appreciate knowledge, gaining knowledge, you know, we Google things all the time. We're, we're reading things all the time or listening to audiobooks. books or listening to podcasts. Mike's more of like the auditory learner. And, and I more like to read and
0: <clears throat>
1: do a lot of Google and everything, but, you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter unless you truly care about it and are interested in it so i noticed for me it really took a couple of times that was mike addressing you know this area of my life of being late you know he's done that a lot and i think i think as much as I care about Mike, it wasn't as impactful, because in my mind, I viewed it as, you know, he's my husband, like, we're supposed to forgive each other over and over again, like, oh, thanks, it's not,
0: so that explains it,
1: well, it's like a relationship of comfort, in my mind, it's kind of like a family member, how you can get away more with, offending a family member a lot of times because you have all this history you have this closeness and especially with the spouse because with the spouse you share the most intimate details that you've ever shared with anybody and you know no one has a relationship with you like your spouse nobody knows you like your spouse so there's a level of safety with there and comfort which is good um for sure that's healthy but it doesn't When it gets to the point of where you're numbing yourself to improvement or criticism from your spouse, because that level of comfort and almost like laziness, I would say, it just takes over, and then it then that's when it gets to an unhealthy point, and you're kind of abusing that relationship, um, in the way that wasn't intended by God, um, and so it really took, it took like, three people in a week. It was Mike, my mom, and my friend. And Marie? And Marie, yeah. Um, who, you know, kind of shared their disappointment, shared their heart um, and their disappointment with me in a loving way, of course, of how me being late had offended them. And so, instead of immediately defending myself, which normally... I would, you know, to be like...
0: That's my favorite when you do that. That's my favorite ever when people do that. It's my most favorite thing.
1: To be like, oh, I had an appointment or this meeting randomly or I had to make a phone call or I had to finish my emails or I had to do this. Whatever it is, X, Y, Z, like, I would just make excuses because in my mind, they weren't really excuses. It was like, I legitimately had to do this for my job or for my friend or for this or whatever. And...
0: Okay. I'm, I'm going to deal, deal with I'm that. Deal with it. Hashtag cat life.
1: <laughs> this one's so chill. And then this one's just... You know, okay. yeah. Stick to the story. So, <laughs> it really took them sharing their heart and me saying, you know what, I'm not going to defend. And it was actually, it kind of had sparked with what my... Said and then my friend Anne-Marie, I was late to meeting her for dinner, and she was waiting at the restaurant, or she was about to leave to go to the restaurant because it was right next to her house. And um, you know, I texted her. I said, Hey, I'm going to be late, and it wasn't just like fifteen minutes. It was like thirty minutes because there was traffic and all this stuff. And, and you
0: haven't left your house yet. Didn't
1: work. Whatever.
0: <laughs> Whatever.
1: Whatever. Um. Yeah. So. I, you know, text her that I was going to be late and, and then she called me and it was like that pressure of like, oh, like, do I answer the phone or do I just like keep driving? <laughs> I didn't want to like address and like go deeper into it, but I answered the phone and, and you know, I kind of was at that, that crossroads of, or the fork in the road. Am I going to just talk to her and be like, great, see you soon, did that. Or like, am I really going to press into this and try to understand what affects these people so much in such a different way? Because I could care less if somebody's late unless it's an interview, like I'm interviewing you, then yeah, you better be on time.
0: Well, Melissa asked some good questions that I'm like, man, I I wish I could have articulated. For some reason, when we're around Melissa, we just end up saying the best things to explain you know, where we're at, what we think, but I had explained to you, you know, how time is a life, like all you have is time, like Mm -hmm. your life is just time that you're breathing, and when you waste time, you waste a chunk of people's life, right, so,
1: um, and I just never, I just don't care, like if somebody's late, I'm just on my phone, or whatever, it doesn't matter to me, but, but I realized you Know just because something doesn't matter to you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to somebody else, and that's when that paradigm kind of shifted. I feel like
0: if there were one lesson somebody had to take into marriage and like really get it, that what you just said right there to like all married couples out there or people who want to be married what did I say? just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it doesn't matter to someone else mm-hmm. because. I mean uh, we are like 100 percent opposite on most things right. about what what makes us happy or excited versus what we could we don't really care about.
1: Article one, curtain rod.
0: <laughs> Let's not get into the curtain rod conversation <laughs> in this podcast.
1: But anyways, so we're have an
0: entire episode about on
1: the curtain,
0: rod. curtain rods. That was real that was it a real deep insight. It was such an insight for our marriage. Yeah. i still not thrilled about it.
1: The next episode. So um, so I think number one was really taking a seat in the chair of humility to be able to set aside, um, you know, my own excuses and to set aside my own agenda of like, I don't really want to deal with this right now. And I'd rather just chill and go, you know, enjoy it, enjoy a burger with you and like not have to talk about it. Um, so I think number one was just being like, now I'm going to press into this and making that decision. And then number two was asking questions. You know, I think asking genuine questions and acting interested in that person to know, like, hey, I really want to learn why this makes you tick. And like, what is the deal? Like, why is it so important to you? And, and it was interesting because it wasn't like, Can I press mic-
0: pause? Remember, put a, put a pin in there. I feel like I want to say this. Can I just say to those of you trying to figure out if you want to marry somebody, that is the single most important characteristic, what she just said, that Sydney said, I want to figure out why this matters to other people so much. And that's Mm -hmm. like the difference between, you know, 999 people versus the one who would say, I want to try to understand what makes other people tick, why, why why would I do in certain times hurts other people's feelings mm-hmm. rather than explaining how well, everyone else is an idiot or everyone else is a wuss or everyone else is too sensitive or whatever whatever Sydney just said like I want to figure this out I want to understand what you know how I hurt these other people in this way so that I right. can be better in the future and it's like I hear that that comment or, or any version of the comment so infrequently just in human beings both you know in real life and online that nobody thinks like that anymore it's, it's such a self-focused time and I just think like seeing that in you and I told this to Sydney the other day this is how I know we're gonna we'll be up we'll be fine like I have no idea what life is gonna look like in 20 years or 30 years or 40 years for our marriage mm-hmm. really five years but I know it's gonna be good because Sydney has that attitude and I try really hard to have that attitude as well which is just putting the pride to the side and doing what's right and doing what's best. Putting
1: the pride to the side. Put your pride
0: to the side. That's gonna be the
1: millennial marriage
0: T-shirt. Put your pride to the side. Yeah, that's pretty good. Your ego is not your amigo is. I think that one's already taken though. Um,
1: your ego's not your amigo. Yeah. We have so many shirts already. All right, merchandise <laughs>
0: uh, Not <laughs> in three weeks. Not every time soon. <laughs> um, but oh, I'm so sure. I'm
1: two so pop, sure. two podcasts in, and we I are, think already we're gonna, have
0: merchandise. I, I intend to have enough, enough one-liners of silliness that we say. Anyway, anyway. that is my interruption, is to say look for that characteristic in a spouse.
1: So, it was interesting that both, both my friend Emery and Mike have the same passion and desire for people to be on time, they hate being late, like, they just have this, even since they were children, like, had an idea of, like, time and how important time is and, um, and it was interesting because it wasn't necessarily, like, like, they had the best examples of keeping time or, like, there was, um, I think the only similarity is maybe that they, they maybe had more disciplined childhoods as far as, Mike was very heavily involved in sports and in sports, you know, you have to be very disciplined and have, be on time. And, um, you know, you're taught at a young age, like these principles, um, of timeliness and she didn't have the same thing with sports, but she had a very routine childhood growing up. And, and there was like always, always the same kind of things that you did every week at the same time. And it was just very, um whereas regimented. Regimented, yeah. And but in a way that that brought comfort and safety and it and it was nice. Whereas um I just the way that I grew up, it just wasn't like yeah, I'm on time for school, but it just like wasn't that put into me as far as like certain disciplines and timeliness. And so just talking with her and realizing like how much it bothered her and to hear it from, you know, Mike, to hear it from Henry, to hear it from my mom. Like it was just enough in that one week of like, okay, God's trying to tell me something here because this isn't just random, but this is happening like this many times in a row and this many people that care about me are trying to talk to me about it. So I better, you know, perk up and pay attention to what's happening. So, um, so I did the same thing with Mike after I talked with Amory that night, and I talked to Mike the following day, and I started asking him questions of like, of like, why does this matter so much, and and um. You know, and what he said was that if somebody is late, then that means that they could care less, like of what my time means, and like, and you don't even care about me, like if you're gonna show up late, like. And that shows me, like, you don't care about the time that I took to be here. The... Or you're
0: retarded. <laughs> That's the other option.
1: <laughs> Two options. Yes. So, um, and for me to hear that, I was like, wow, I don't want to be known as the friend or the spouse or the whatever mom, future mom, coworker, boss whatever like I don't want to be known as that person that is like oh this person doesn't care because they're never on time like because I do care like that's why that's usually why I'm late because I care about like whatever I'm doing in the moment so much that I want to you know see that through but then it often bleeds over into the other commitments that I've made which isn't cool so it's like it's been really hard and and I definitely haven't been perfect like you know, tonight I wanted to be home at 6, and I wasn't home until, like, 6.30. Um, you know, and so it's definitely, like, a learning process. I'm not going to say it's, like, oh, I wrapped it up, and now it's a pretty present, and everyone's fixed, and we're all great, and just, like, going along, and you guys should just take a page out of my book, and it'll be fixed. Like, it's not like that, but um, I'd say as far, as far as if I was to compare myself to, you know, three months ago. Um, the awareness level is like night and day difference, um, and that is that is I think like number one, you know.
0: Oh. Well, um, I feel like we covered a lot. It's been fifty-four minutes, and I've been more and more nervous about the sound quality of this podcast the longer we go. Great. And also, I realized, you see that little equalizer box thing? I'm pretty sure that's the thing that's supposed to cut the buzzing from the microphone. What do you mean? These things that we aren't using.
1: No, that means that the microphone doesn't work if we put it into that. That's why I took it out and just plugged it straight into the soundboard.
0: So, thanks for listening. And...
1: Can we pray for the viewers now?
0: Viewers. We have no viewers. Nobody's watching.
1: Listeners.
0: We're going to pray for them,
1: yeah. Okay, how about it? You all seem very uh enthused.
0: I want to see where you're going with this,
1: mm-hmm. okay. Lord. We just thank you for this time that Mike and I have gotten to share with this audience. We don't know who's going to be listening to this, Lord, and we hope that that Trump comment didn't just like <laughs> you know, kill the <laughs> listenership. Um but I hope that we were able to just communicate well and that there would be something um something in the last 55 minutes that touched someone where they needed to hear it and where um you know they might have been struggling to find the words or to know the next steps or to ask the right questions Lord I just hope that encouragement Um, was found in the last 50 or so minutes of listening that there was something that that reached them Lord Um, and I just pray for blessings on whoever is listening to this and that you would bless them Lord if they don't know you already I just pray that they would come to know you and um, if they do know you I just pray that you would strengthen their relationship with you, Lord, and we just thank you so much for this opportunity that we even get a chance to speak to people um, across the internet that we may never get to meet, Lord, and and uh, I just hope that our story and what we're learning will help someone out there, Lord, even if it's just one person. Uh, We just thank you so much for this opportunity and just pray for them to be blessed and pray for Mike to be blessed. And thank you for all of
0: this. Amen.